Hi, this is Michael Lowe again, and you're listening to May I Ask You a Question. Here's the second half of my conversation with Tim Burns, recorded in October 2019. Sorry for the delay. If you want to get a hold of Tim, his contact info is in show notes again. Thanks so much for listening. So as you think about, uh, I mean, because you've been there since 2012 and you came back mm-hmm. for how long? A year? A year. And that was in 2016? Or 10 months, yeah. In 2016. But besides that, you've been in Japan 100% of the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've, you've had enough seasons go by. Do you have kind of, I don't want to say a recipe because that makes it sound too formulaic or, or sim- oversimplified, but do you have a process kind of a seasonal routine you're like okay here's what I, I know what to expect like students are going to come in and uh-huh. this is this is how I'm going to engage them and like, uh-huh. what's your thought process as those things kind of come and go like have you created annual events of like hey let's go hike Mount Fuji again yeah um, we do have annual events we have like camping trips uh, hiking trips we do on the night on we know when all the big tests are in college. Okay. And so instead of doing our normal um, gathering, we just have a movie night. So people can just come and take a nap or watch a movie yeah. or whatever, you know. Like not have to engage too heavily because yeah. they're all studying. Exactly. But a lot of what we do um, is just breaking down barriers and building up trust. Mm. Uh, Christianity is so foreign in Japan. It's so strange in Japan that um, the normal Japanese person walking down the street would never think to himself, I'm going to go see if something's happening at that church. It'd be like if a Hindu temple moved in next door to you. Right. There'd be nothing, no reason for you to go visit it. And it's kind of a weird thing. And um, there's also an abundance of cults in Japan. Um, Like, uh... Like the brainwashing type. Oh, so not um, like, are, are they like Shinto or, or Hindu? Or not most Hindu, of Buddhist them are based, based in Buddhism. Okay. Um, but they always mix in some weird Christian aspects. Oh, so they kind of try and meld the philosophies yeah. and yeah. call it something spectacular. Yeah. Um, and so wherever we go, we're met with suspicion. Are you, like... How, how can they tell the difference? They can't tell the difference. Okay. So when I moved into my neighborhood, I told my neighbor I was a Christian. He said, oh, Mormon or Catholic? Mm. They don't know the difference. Yeah. Um, well, and that's something that we Americans take for granted. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh, when I go onto campus to eat with my friends, uh-huh. uh, this one campus in particular, I sit underneath this big poster that says, if a foreigner is here trying to make friends with you, <laughs> offering to teach English, inviting you to meals, be careful, they're in a cult. <laughs> and you do that intentionally. Like, I do. For, for I sense do. of irony. Yeah, I have a, a picture somewhere. Um, so a lot of what we do is just breaking down barriers. Like, we had this one guy, he's a good friend now, but the first time he ever came, I invited him to come in, and he stopped at the church entrance, like outside the door. And I had already gone in, and I turned around and said, come on. And he said, do I, have to, do I have to say a special prayer? And no, you can just come in. Do I have to put money somewhere? We're not at a temple, man. You just come in. Huh. It's just a building. Are those, are those like Buddhist or, or Shinto uh, kind of, I don't know, what's the word? 
routines that, yeah. that you yeah. have to follow? So at the Shinto shrine or at the Buddhist temple, um, you, you give an offering of money, but before you do, um, you, you ring a gong or you clap your hands really loud to make sure whatever deity is living behind the curtain over there mm-hmm. is watching you while you put the money in the box. Oh. And so you'll hear it's like, it's like ringing the doorbell. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, and and this, uh, how deeply devoted are the Japanese to Shinto and Buddhist beliefs as it pertains precisely to Buddhism or Shintoism? And I ask that in kind of in comparison to the way that American is secularly Christian, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Japan's kind of similar. Okay. Um, I think most missionaries know much more about Buddhism and Shintoism. Because they think, oh, i got to study up on this because yeah. that's what they're about. Yeah. But you're studying... The actual Shintoist and Buddhism. Right. Yes. You're studying the, the, the fullness of the philosophy that people just live out exactly. because it's in their culture. And it's just ingrained in every aspect of the culture. In sports, mm-hmm. uh, when you sit down to a meal, um, in everything. It's everywhere. You can't escape it. Um... So my friend, actually the same guy who <laughs> didn't know how to come into the church. I was in his car one day and his glove box popped open and this protective charm fell out. And so I picked it up and it's a charm that you get at the Shinto shrine. You get your car blessed and then you... Did you know that? Yeah. Okay. You won't get in any accidents. So I knew that, but I asked him, hey, what, what's this? <laughs> he told me, oh, it's a protective charm. I said, why do you need it? He said, so I don't get in accidents. I said... Does it work? He goes, well, I haven't gotten in an accident. And I said, but neither have I. And I don't have one in my car. Yeah. So, oh, I never thought about it like that. Right. Um, but it's just, it's just what you do. Yeah. You get yeah. a new car, you go get it blessed. Right. Um, so most Japanese people would say, I'm not religious. Mm. And yet, depending on the holiday or the occasion, right. they're very religious. There's just like some sort of... Uh, cultural gravity that like yeah. oh I I'm part I I'm living in this country and this is what people yes. do yeah and there's always in the back of their minds well, it's probably not real but just in case oh sure just in case this is gonna help me it sounds very and... like American yeah too right yeah. like and maybe it's more descriptive of people than yeah, it is so. of a certain nation or culture that's a good anthropological thought <laughs> <laughs> and. I'm often wondering for missionaries, like, how do you know whether you're actually communicating the gospel or it's some level of a imperialism? Um, you've got to be very careful uh, because we assume so much mm-hmm. of our culture is gospel or gospel-centered sure. or gospel-driven when it's absolutely not. Right. But it, it, um, it's weird too, right? Because... The gospel has the ability to flow out into all cultures. Yes. And the culture is one of the concrete manifestations of it. Yes. And so that's why we inextricably tie it. Absolutely. But differentiating where that line begins or ends is hard. It's a hard question that missionaries have always had to ask and always deal with. Right. Um, you know, Paul used Greek pagan poetry to right. talk about the Christian God. Hmm. Um. So where is that line is a hard question. Um, well, what have, what, have, what have you realized? Like, where are, you, where are you more careful 
they're like, oh, you know what? In retrospect, I probably shouldn't have said it that way, done it this way. That was more American than it was Christian. That was um, more Seattle than it was Christian. There are... I can't think of a concrete example, but I can say there are certain categories that will appeal more to listeners of certain cultures. Mm. Here in the West, um, we love law, and we love concrete, Mm -hmm. this is how it works, this is why it works. So we can talk about Christ's righteousness has been imputed to us, thus we stand righteous before God. Mm -hmm. This happened, this, this. Yeah. A, B, C. Right. Um, that kind of legal uh, um, mindset doesn't translate very well into Japanese culture. Because uh, the way that the quote, world quote-unquote works is not that way. Right. It's much more community-focused, honor and shame-focused. Mm-hmm. And so a more effective gospel presentation in Japan would be talking about maybe Christ bearing the shame of the cross. Mm. Um, talking about... Did, did you at some point feel... Sorry, I'm interrupting because no. you, you're, you're thinking. <laughs> Not to inter- uh, but did you struggle with that at all, thinking that it was... Initially thinking that it might be a compromise because it's not exactly how you learned it? Yeah. Um, but that's just my, again, my cultural concreteness saying this is the way to present the gospel. Right. There are so many aspects of the gospel, so many facets of the gospel, so many um, ways you can view it and still have the true gospel mm-hmm. without compromising the truth of what God has done for us in Christ. Yeah that there are just certain 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 facets that resonate more in certain cultures uh, what are some of those that come uh come to mind um, about japanese culture like when when people say man god is so good i love that he or like what what is what is uh, what are the pain points that that uh, he that causes them to see their need of him more. Um, the kindness of God, the mercy and love of God are huge. Um, because typically they understand uh, a sense of authority to be heavy-handed, yes. and to be feared only. Absolutely. Okay. Um, that's how they view teachers, doctors, everyone in, in a position of authority. You just do what they say and hope that they're happy. Right. And so when people you respect hear, position and age yeah, in the culture. Yeah. And so when people hear of a God who is positionally higher than any being, uh, also older, I don't know. <laughs> God is outside of time. Um, but... Uh, when they hear that he is merciful, that he is kind, that he has dealt with his people in love and in grace, that is such a relief to people. Um, the concept of rest is enormous, enormously impactful on people. 
So when I talk about Jesus saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Mm. To a guy who's just worked 120 hours, that's, that's so, that's such a, a beautiful yeah. statement. Yeah. You can rest from, you can cease from your, from your toil. You can rest in Christ. That's. What does that mean to them? Because it doesn't change their work schedule. No, but it, it gives a meaning to life. This life isn't everything. Mm. So, you know, I mentioned Ecclesiastes before. That's a powerful book to a Japanese listener. Because everything they're doing, the reason they're so devoted for that job, to that job uh, and nothing else is for safety and comfort. Um, those are huge, huge idols in, in Japanese culture. Safety and comfort. And the safety and comfort uh, kind of being a function of the stability that having a steady job Yes. Yeah, provides. security maybe is a better word than safety. Okay. Um, and so all their life, they're pouring themselves out for security. For in order to not be impoverished. Mm. And if you stop and ask why, they have no answer. If, if Do you, people get fired easily there? No. So, so there's they, just this like overwhelming cultural fear that I need to work really hard or I might lose my job. Um, not so much lose your job as be passed over for... A promotion. A promotion or smaller bonus this year or things like that. And if that happens, does that become kind of habitual? Like, oh, we passed over them once, so we're going to pass over yeah, them again. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. So, so, so there is stuck there, at a there is a level, level of legitimacy to the sense of fear. Yeah. Not that they would lose their job, but that they would lose the traction in the yeah, job. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And there's so much competition to raise, to go up to that next level. Um, and so... Um, Hmm. when people stop and think why am I actually doing this like what value is this going to add right of what value is all this work after I'm dead Hmm. and if the answer is nothing it's of no value that's incredibly discouraging why am I working so hard then right right and so when people hear the rest to come the rest the Sabbath rest of God's kingdom coming to earth that's it might not feel completely present right now at this moment but um, that's coming and I can rest in the fact that that's coming this life is not for nothing Um, it just adds purpose and meaning to life It, it like to put it in I don't know maybe more human words or uh Secular words, but like there's just a building tension within them because yeah. there there's that angst of like I gotta work really hard for to, what to to for the promotion, but then it just kind of ends up being this cycle that exactly. they're in, and and then they retire and die right because they get promoted, but then the tension begins right up again. But yeah, but getting the promotion is not even a relief or a congratulatory thing. It's like. Yeah, of course you should have. Like this is exactly like this is the bare minimum of what you should have done, and it's a failure if they don't get the promotion. Yes, yeah. And so having that sense of like, oh, 
the race that I'm running is not the only one at work. Yes. It's, there's a, a, a race of life that I'm not just interacting with my employer, but I'm interacting with God. Yes, it's about more than just my company. Mm. Mm. It, it, and so you mentioned earlier, too, that um, the men aren't home very much, uh-huh. and that also that the churches are mainly filled with women, uh-huh. mostly filled with women. Is Are those... Uh, does one have an effect on the other, meaning... Uh, do women just need a community and then they yeah. end up finding community in church? Yeah, that's a that's a huge aspect of it. So a lot of our more successful outreaches mm-hmm. are pointed at moms with young kids. Oh, okay. Who are just stuck in the house all day. Yeah. With a little kid. Yeah. And so if we give them a place to meet, a place to gather and talk to other moms, their kids can go. <laughs> and that's not unique to Japan, right? Right, like, right. Like kids, kids programs or whatever attract families yeah. and people of yeah, all cultures. But mothers, young mothers especially, are so lonely yeah. in Japan because their husband's just gone yeah. all the time. Right. Um, and, and if we can help meet that need, I mean, that's a huge, huge field waiting to be reaped is is that a disappointment to the to the ladies or is that kind of a cultural norm like in america we have that disney effect right it's it's really expected taken for granted you know you will be romantic while we date sure we'll be romantic until we have a kid and then my jobs take care of you financially your job mom is to take care of the kids mm-hmm. and we'll separate from there i mean it's 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 not it, it it's Probably not less painful no. for, for the women, but it's maybe not the same kind of they rom- don't have romanticized the, dreams. They don't that have those have. romantic expectations right. like we do here in the West. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard for the fathers, too. One of my, my best friends, he lives across the street. He hasn't been in his own bed since his daughter was born nine years ago. Because his daughter sleeps there. His daughter and... And son sleep there with their mom. He comes home and they're already in bed, mom and kids. And he just sleeps on the couch for nine years. And that's probably the way it's going to remain until the kids go to college. Um, and by that time, husband and wife won't even really know each other. What do you say to these people? There's hope in Christ (laughs) I know this is a hard situation Um, but this world this world is not the ideal world it is not what the world is supposed to be Mm -hmm. that world is coming yeah and in Christ you have hope of being in that world that world where all your desires are met, where all all your longings are met, is coming. Met meaning, uh, like almost ab- more abstractly, right? Yeah. Like, like there's a satisfaction that uh, you think you want by being, you know, by not working as much, or you think that you want by not having your kids sleep in the bed for nine to eighteen years, yes. yeah. but this sense of longing and this emptiness is only echoed by these things in, exactly. in this world. 
I know your marriage is hard. Mm-hmm. And I know that causes pain. But that's a product also of this sinful world. And you're going to find more satisfaction, deeper satisfaction in Christ than you ever could in a marriage. Does that help them? Are you, do they feel helped by that? I know it does help uh, them. But do, uh, like, does it resonate with them? Uh, depends on the person. Yeah. But it's such a hopeless place. It's such a bleak place. People really are searching for somewhere to place their hopes somewhere they can rest and so when they do find Christ the the joy and the relief is just it's it's exciting how often do you go home like feeling discouraged by uh, oh all the time <laughs> yeah all the time um like I said, we spend so much time just breaking down barriers, so much time building trust, um, that when you finally reach a point where someone will say, yeah, I'll sit down to Bible study with you, <laughs> it's so exciting, it's so happy, they're going to study the Bible with me. Yeah. Praise God. And then after, you know, three, four, five months, to have that all come to nothing hmm. is so discouraging, and that more often than not happens. What I've learned is, well, let me tell you about this one guy. What's his name? Uh, Takuyo. 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 Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I may not get it, but keep going. Uh, I met him freshman year. Spent a good... At the Master's College? No. His freshman year. His freshman okay. year in Nagoya. We spent a good year and a half just being friends with him. Just loving him, just serving him. He'd come over and crash on our couch, and he was tired. And is this just because like college kids are impressionable and they they're yeah. willing to hang out with anybody? Yeah, yeah. Like they, mean, it, it wasn't like oh man, I really would want a friend, but this no. guy came across my path. He's like, I wish I had a couch I could take a nap on, and we had a couch. <laughs> <laughs> You're in luck, my friend. <laughs> we had a a Wii U. He could play his Mario Kart. <laughs> um, but he was at our house all the time. He's just a really good friend, and. uh about two years into it, we started doing Bible study together, which was so exciting for me. And we did Bible studies for two years together. Mm. And I really thought, he's getting this. If he doesn't come to Christ now, I'm pretty sure sometime in the future, he will. Because yeah. he's really understanding this. Come to his graduation. Uh, and he takes me aside and says, you know what, Tim? I wish we just could have been friends without all the Bible stuff. Huh. What, what do you mean? So I never liked doing Bible study. I just did it so you would still be my friend. Huh. And I realized I had failed to show him that I love him whether or not he comes to Christ. Hmm. That I'm here to serve like him. Like that love was there, but it just was not evident to him. Yes. Yeah. Um, which was a really hard realization, a really sad realization. So he was doing um, it to be polite. Yeah. Which is also a Japanese yeah. cultural yeah. value. Yeah. Um, and so now I'm much more careful when I, when I talk to people about doing Bible study. I don't care whether or not you come to Christ. I love you. Yeah. I think this message that I have um, can give you hope and peace. I think you need to hear it. I'd love to tell it to you. But if you don't want to, I still love you. 
I'm still your friend. Mm. Did you say that bluntly to them? Yeah. Do they appreciate that? Like, uh huh. I think so. But like, they won't tell you different necessarily because they're polite. Um. I think they're more free to say, "Thank you. I don't want to do Bible study." Because mm. you've given them an out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. With how polite they are, uh-huh. and I don't even know if politeness is the value that I'm uh, thinking of the most, but do, does it make it harder to gauge a level of sincerity? Yes. Yeah. Like and just in any interaction, right? Not just gospel interactions, mm-hmm. but just generally. Any interaction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for instance, I have a neighbor who is kind to my face. But who I know spreads terrible rumors about me. Like what? Uh, I'm a, just I'm a criminal, and I'm running from the law in America, which is why I'm in Japan. Um, and and this person sincerely believes that. Sincerely, uh, when I first moved into the neighborhood, uh, this person drew a police sketch style drawing of me <laughs> and uh, it was before we had met but he drew this he'd seen me walking around he drew this flyer passed it to every house in the neighborhood and said I don't know if you guys have seen this foreigner walking around he seems really suspicious I don't know what he's up to but everyone keep an eye on him and it came to my house <laughs> <laughs> but the cool thing was a bunch of neighbors came over like sorry that guy's kind of racist but uh even that guy who hates my guts is polite to me when I see him on the street. What does that politeness look like? Is he just like smile like, oh, hi, hi, yeah. how are you? He'll say good morning or good evening. Yeah. And just give a little bow. Um, but that's, that's just how it is. It, I would say more than politeness is this idea of harmony that kind of rules everything. You've got to keep everything in balance. Sure. Which is a very kind of, I don't know, generally Eastern thought, yeah. right, of balance. Yeah. And so that explains the conformity of the culture and the politeness. You don't want to uh, upset anything or yes. anybody. Which is why, um, like, there's just cultural norms, cultural structures that you just, like, kind of like you were saying, like, after, you just kind of run in your lane. Yeah. And that's what you do. Like, there's no... Uh, what we would call in America a freedom right. to break through. Not at all. Not at all. So, uh, what's your? You, you, we were talking earlier over dinner, but what's your current plan now? And uh, are, are you gonna stay in uh, Nagoya? Yeah. So for the last year, um, I've been stepping back from the college ministry. I'm still involved to a certain extent, but I've handed over most of the responsibilities for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been working with a Japanese pastor uh, to plant a church um, kind of midtown Nagoya uh, in a really exciting neighborhood. It's the fastest growing neighborhood in the country right now. Hmm. Uh, there's so many jobs in Nagoya. Everyone's moving there. Are there certain businesses, like big businesses that are going there? Toyota is based in Nagoya and Japan Rail is based in Nagoya, which runs all the train lines in the country. Okay. Or a lot of the train lines in the country. Is that government run? No. Private oh. corporation. Completely. So another company could come up with a light rail system there, if they there wanted to. There are a couple. A couple. Oh, okay. But, um, 
But this has to be a lot done in conjunction with the government, yeah, right? Yeah, it used to be run by the government, and then the government couldn't afford to run it anymore, so oh. they privatized it, and one corporation, Japan Rail, bought most of the existing rail lines oh, in the country. Okay. Um, and, and it's, of course, heavily regulated yes. uh, for safety and things. It's probably the safest, safest train system in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, but um, so Japan Rail is based in Nagoya and Toyota is based in Nagoya. Okay. Which are huge industries. Um, and so this community is growing like crazy. It's got the highest birth rate in Japan, hmm. which is encouraging because Japan has a declining birth rate. Because people are so career focused? Yeah, or is that's, it like... a, that's a huge part of it. And people get married later because they're so career focused. They get mm-hmm. married. 35-ish. So like infertility. Yeah. Like, yeah. like it's just... They have one kid it's really if really hard can. to have more yeah. kids. Yeah. So average is one kid per family. Huh. Um, but in this neighborhood, highest birth rate in the country, and the highest percentage of young families, or families with preschool kids in the country. Hmm. And it's a neighborhood of about 100,000 people, and there are zero churches there. No kidding. Yeah. Um... There's an old Catholic church, 200 years old, but no one goes wow, there. Wow, 200 years. Yep. That's a story, <clears throat> but I know. Um, but no one goes there. <laughs> uh, just a bunch of nuns walking around. Really? Yeah. Which so is, it's just a vacant, yeah, relatively much, vacant Pretty much. Church. Christmas and Easter. But. Huh. Are the nuns Japanese? Yeah. That's okay. kind of funny to see them walking around in their habits. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be uh, what eyes in America would expect. I know, right? Um, and that's actually connected to an old Catholic university, Nanzan University, oh. which is Nanzan, Nanzan. Okay. which is where I'm right now working to start a new college outreach. Okay. But um, you said this is called Midtown. It's it's Midtown Nagoya. It's it's a place called uh, Higashiyama. Higashiyama, the Eastern Mountain. Um, that's what I thought. It's yeah, meant, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and it's cool at this college it's an old Catholic school and the president is a priest but students aren't really it's not functionally a Catholic school Mm -hmm. Um, but students there feel a little bit more connected like they have something in common with Christianity or yeah. Christendom. Oh, or I went to a Catholic ideas. school. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I took a church history class. Right. And so there, we have seen some openness um, there on that campus, which is exciting. Hmm. Um, but, uh, so this neighborhood is a really exciting place. Huge need for a church there. And for the last year, we've been trying to start a church there. Mm-hmm. Um, which means we come in, we find a little space, and we just do what we can to meet the needs of that community which is harder in a first world setting than than mm. kind of what people typically think of as missions right because the needs are not as tangible we can't go build a house yeah. or, or paint a school you know right. um, the needs aren't tangible yeah and so we do what we can to meet needs we we give a place for moms to come and rest from their kids for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, we, we teach English uh, because 
I'm terrible English teacher, but <laughs> all our neighbors <laughs> Is ask. Is your business card says? <laughs> yes. All our neighbors ask for English lessons. And huh. so if that's a need that I can meet, I'll do my best. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, on Friday nights, we just open up the space and brew some coffee and play board games and hang out so college students can just come and rest for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, or do informal English practice if that's yeah. what they want to do. Um, we we do community picnics and barbecues, and we get you know, a lot of people from the neighborhood coming out. So Japanese people don't think this stuff is weird. They do. There's that initial twinge of mistrust. Yeah. What are you here for? What are you teaching my kids? Like, would you go so far to call the Japanese people xenophobic? Yes. Like, would they call themselves mm-hmm. xenophobic? A lot of them would, yes. Like, they're not particularly shameful about it. No, no. And and I know I'm speaking in generalities. Yeah, but right. As a whole, they're very... They're at least skeptical of new people. Yes. And yes. foreigners. There's a huge debate going on right now. Um, in the north, where they had the big tsunami in, in 2011, a lot of the coastal cities are, are just dead. Um, people who could... Because they were so damaged that the repair is too expensive. Yeah. Okay. And industries were ruined. Yeah. Um, copper mine that's unused, uh, can't be used anymore, things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so people that could move away, move inland, move to a city, they all got jobs in those cities and no one's moving back. Uh, and so these cities are all full of, they're full of just the people who were too poor or too old to, to move away. And so there's a huge debate. There's a lot of people from Southeast Asia wanting to get into Japan. Oh. And willing to take kind of menial jobs. Yes. Service sector jobs. Which is how a lot of immigration yeah. works, right? Like, yeah. I'm, I don't like my situation where I am enough to where I will take a bad, yeah. relatively bad job. There. Exactly. Right. Or not even a bad job. Um, these coastal cities are full of very elderly people and they need nurses. Mm-hmm. And the huge debate is, hey, we have a workforce right here in the Philippines, right here in Thailand, who's willing to come, but no one will open the doors to them. Mm. And they'd rather have robots take care of the elderly hmm. than a Filipino nurse. Because they don't want the foreigner there. Yes. Because they would, like, dis- they would disrupt the harmony of Japan. Because mm. the harmony is, is in part by, uh, uh, maintained... By the familiarity of people that that are yes. Japanese, yeah, and and to an extent you can understand some of it because Japan was isolated completely from the world until eighteen sixty. Because it's an island. Yeah, and because they had laws uh, outlawing any foreigners from coming into the country. Oh. There were, it was easier to execute that law because they're an island. Yes. But they also had the law. Yeah. So are people like blatant about it when they talk about it on TV? Like, uh-huh. do you want these foreigners here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love it. And there are protesters holding signs that say no foreigners. Um, I've walked into restaurants mm-hmm. uh, where they'll just say no foreigners, kick me oh, out. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and that's perfectly legal. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's their private business, their property. Right. Um, and there's no uh, what we would call in America like civil rights uh, no, for no now for usually that type of uh, event usually if that happens if I say something in Japanese they're like mm-hmm. oh oh you're the you're one of the good kind okay you can come in mm. 
But, so um, like part of the part of their concern is are they going to assimilate well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Which is true in any culture, though, isn't of it? Of course. Like, like hey, we have, need we have to norms, assimilate. regulations. And it's, Japan has a very high bar for assimilation. It's a very difficult society to intentionally get into. There's just so many unspoken rules oh. that no one would know until you've broken that rule. So having Chie has uh, accelerated your assimilation. Yeah, yeah. Because she's just, Tim, we can't do that. Or you have to yes. do it that way. And yes. you're like, so, so then she'll say, like, you can't do that. Like, we just don't do that here in Japan. Yeah. And she'll, will, she, will she be able to articulate why? Or are there some no. things that are just like... No, Most things, just, you just don't do that. Mm. It's it kind of like that's it how no it's way. always been done. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it just certain things you don't do, and and there's so much unspoken communication, so much meaning behind words that they won't just come out and say. Do they like in between two Japanese people? Is one guessing then? There is a lot of guessing actually. Do they usually guess correctly? Yes. Because 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 they're reading things that are not verbal. Yes. Which is a challenge for me because, like, you're not only you can, you you come into the circumstance not only not speaking the language but you're exactly. not you're culturally illiterate too exactly, and I may say something and mean exactly what I say, but everyone <laughs> in the room guessing. is thinking, "What does he actually mean?" <laughs> and you're like, uh, "Maybe what I said." Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, does it make your preaching hard? It does, but Chie really helps with that too. So she she she'll help you. Do you run all your sermons by her for, um, like, idioms? Well, she's a really good editor, yeah. Or illustrations that just wouldn't work, or, mm. you know. What are you... Uh, so so you're, you're hoping to start the... Or you've been uh, having community... Right. Building events. Right. And then you're hoping to have your first service Christmas. Christmas Eve. Okay. So Christmas Eve is a Tuesday, right? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> um, it'll be... Christmas is a normal work day for people in Japan. Okay. And so we'll do it from like, probably like, six to nine-ish. Okay. And hope people aren't working too late that night. I heard people eat fried chicken for Christmas. They do. KFC. KFC. KFC KFC specifically. Yes. So it's like a full-on American day for them. And, yeah. Christmas and KFC. You have to, you have to reserve your bucket of chicken (laughs) months in advance. Because if you try and get it Christmas Eve, the day before Christmas Eve, there will be no chicken. That's like that's such a foreign idea to me as an American. Like, I have to call KFC and reserve my bucket of chicken? Yes. Now, is KFC better in Japan than it is here? It is, actually. Like, by far? Yeah. It, you know, it's not greasy. Is the finger it's, looking good? It is. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you're starting Christmas, um, and you told me earlier that you're trying to... Um, get a critical mass of sorts. Yeah. So uh, we, when we have an event like a picnic, we gather maybe between 60 and 70 people from the neighborhood. Um, None of them are believers, but some of them are quite interested. Mm. Uh, There are also, we know several, maybe five or six Christians who live right in the neighborhood who attend church far away, who are wanting to join us when we start. Uh, and we've told them, talk to your pastors first. We don't want right. an ugly situation. Right. Um, 
But which you can't necessarily prevent either way, but no. at least you encourage them to do take proper steps. Yeah. So we've built up a lot of kind of goodwill in the community. People know us, people like us, and doggone it. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of reputation do you think you have? Um in the community. The weird foreigner who moved in here but he's trying his best to fit in. Huh. Do they look at Chie weird? Like, do, like, um, because like interracial marriage then cannot be a uh, highly valued thing. It's not. And it's not a common thing. Um, but I don't think they look down on her for that reason. She gets more in trouble because... <laughs> in trouble? <laughs> uh, she, so she came to the States when she was 18. And then we moved out there when we were 30, 31. Mm. And so all of her adulthood was in America. Yes, okay. And so there are certain social cues and social mores that she she just doesn't see yeah. all the time. Or and she's like a second late. Yeah, where I, I would get away with that. Because they just assume, of course, he doesn't know how right. to do it. Right, yeah, 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 okay. She doesn't, because she's uh, Japanese. Yeah. She speaks Japanese. Like, everything about her is she's Japanese, yeah. but there's just... So she should know better. There's, like, a cultural gap for yeah. her. Experiential yeah. gap. Yeah. Um, so that's been a, a challenge. She's getting better. Yeah. <laughs> do you... What do you foresee for the next five to ten years? Well, we want to see a multiplicity of churches, um planted in the Navajo area. Um, we want... I don't... How quickly do you think that'll happen? Not very quickly. Like, we're not talking about five to ten years, then. We're talking about, like, 20 to 30? Yeah. Okay. And one of the reasons... I mean, there are many reasons, but one of the reasons I want to work with Japanese pastors or Japanese seminary graduates is because... At a certain point, it's easier to hand off a church plant and say, it's yours now. Right. And then move on to the next area. Um, I, and then that's kind of learning from the initial model from the, the World War II vets that went yeah. back and everything, not intentionally, but was kind of reliant upon the Americans. Exactly. There really is a huge culture of dependence upon missionaries right. in the Japanese church. Is there almost an assumption, too, that that's just the way it is? Yeah. They're the professional Christians, mm. so they should take care of stuff. Okay. Um, which puts a lot of pressure and stress on the missionary, and it doesn't train the church. that It doesn't place ministry in the hands of the church where it belongs. Missionaries just kind of take over. Do they have trouble understanding the access that they have to God? Yes. Because, the, because like... How you talk about it makes me think like, oh, do they do they view that there is this uh, chain of command that yes. they cannot jump? Pretty much, um, Shintoism and Buddhism are both um, hierarchical. Hierarchical, and you've got to go through the priest to get the blessing, mm. right? And Christianity is treated the same way. Uh, it's just kind of naturally brought into it. Yeah, um, that guy preaching up front is the one who's close to God and God will bless me through that guy right uh, I just have to show up on Sunday <laughs> right and so 
the retraining that has to take place is is needed. Um, so you your goal though to for the for the church you're planting is eventually to see some Japanese nationals raised up to lead the church. Yes. Uh, what do you foresee as the process for that? So we're working with a Japanese pastor right now. He's he was a pastor in Tokyo for ten years. Okay. Um, and so, right now, we're just kind of working as a team in this community outreach. Um, we want to this December we'll start worship, and we're hoping to see between five and ten people show up regularly. Hmm. Um, like five and ten individual people, not five and ten families. No, people, individual people. Most likely college yeah. age-ish. So right now there's there's four of us trying to do this outreach. Yeah. If there's ten of us, that's a lot better. Yeah. Um, but we want, we're hoping for five to ten um, people who are devoted and committed to um, living and ministering. We'll get liturgy set up. Um get the ball rolling, probably preach. He and I will take turns preaching through a book or two. And this whole while telling the church, we, Chie and I aren't here forever. Hmm. We want to move on to the next neighborhood with no church and start over again. Um, and then we're also working with the seminary in town, um, just meeting students, um, guys who will be graduating in the next couple of years. And talking to them about potentially joining us for the next work. Hmm. So setting the expectation early and then... Uh-huh. Um, it, sorry, did you say that there is a seminary nearby that they would... There is, yeah. That would go a seminary to? in town, okay. great seminary. Uh, is being a pastor a viable career? No. Most churches are too small to support a pastor with a family. Mm. Um, and so... A lot of guys uh, will pastor and have a part-time so job. Bivocational. Yeah. Or, um, unfortunately, a lot of guys move to America or Canada and pastor Japanese churches here. Uh, huh. Because it's easier to take care of your family. Are there other, I don't know, economic models that you've seen for Japanese churches that work? <sighs> like, no. do, do, do American churches support... Some Japanese churches, um, or yeah, there are a couple churches uh, in America that I know who pay at least a portion of salary. pastor salary, huh. which is huge, huge help, and a huge encouragement to the pastor himself to know that he's not alone in this work. There are brothers and sisters around the world praying for him. Which, as you said earlier, the loneliness of of a Japanese Christian is. It's crippling. Uh, very tangible, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and and you foresee that taking, like you said, 20, 30 years? Yeah. You mean... To to even get any sort of patterns established for oh, yeah. raising up oh, yeah, yeah. Japanese nationals to, to lead the churches. In our career, we hope to plant three churches. Better self-sustained. Self-sustained churches. Economically and in terms of attendance yes. and in terms of yep. community. And self-propagating, and... the church itself taking the responsibility for ministry and for outreach. Right. That's our, our prayer. And our, well, our prayer is 20 churches. but So really what you view... <laughs> yeah, if not more. Yeah. Really what you view yourself bringing then is 
is doing your best to bring the message and yeah manifest sense of what the gospel is yes but it is bringing a gift that they need to receive and they need to own yes and they need to live out yes because you 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 don't even want to create habits for them uh so long as they really understand what the gospel is exactly for in order to break that culture of missionary dependency right i think this is a very good model yeah um, of course it doesn't mean I'll, i won't have any contact with the church right, once right, i'm gone right. or the relationship kind of oversight be there. of course yeah um it's kind of the pauline model yeah. Not to compare myself to Paul. <laughs> but That's fair. Good he job. would go city to city starting churches, and then he would keep in contact with those churches. He would still pray for those churches. He would yeah. go back and revisit those churches. Right. Which is what you would love to do. Yeah. 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 Uh, do Japanese people, are they hesitant to give? Um, it depends on the person. A lot of them give just out of legalistic tendencies, okay. which are abundant in Japanese culture. Sure. If I do the right thing, the right thing will happen. The idea of kind karma. of a karma. Okay. Yeah. So it's not even just a uh, like fit in, fit out type of a thing. No. It's it's a and and so we have to push against that every right. time we collect offering. We say, if you don't understand what this is, please don't give. God's right. not going to be happier with you. Because you've given. Although God does love a cheerful giver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it, it that that's kind of the hairs you're splitting, right? Because they're philosophical, uh-huh. uh, at least at its very core. And um, like y- you, at the same time, you're trying to help them reveal the reasons that they likely do what they do. Uh-huh. You're also having to uh, concurrently evaluate why you typically do what you do yeah. and figure out, wait, is this, is this cultural or is this gospel? Absolutely. And one of the beautiful things about planting a church in an unreached, amongst an unreached people, is they're not bringing in a lot of assumptions of this is what church is supposed to be like. Mm. So you really are able to sit down, open scripture, and together say, all right, brothers and sisters, let's Living figure out, out what yeah. church is supposed to be like. Yeah. Because the gospel is transcultural. It doesn't prefer any culture. Right. And it creates its own culture. Well, and that's one of the, the things that why just even thinking about this podcast for me personally was just helpful because I've only really known it in the American context. I guess in the being Chinese, in the Chinese-American context too. But beyond that, it I just, like I keep thinking like, what is it in its essence right but almost to find out what it's what it is in its essence i'm curious to know what it is in multiple cultures to see Mm. what kind of commonalities come up so i say that as a a lead into what are some of the ways that you've seen japanese people live out the gospel that you're just like as an american like i did not even know that this could be that way or like americans would really benefit from thinking differently in this way um just the beauty of biblical 
community is something that I've learned to love and appreciate in Japan. Um, the seriousness with which they pursue one another in the community, love one another, sacrifice for one another. To what end? Like, for what reason? Um, like, are they just like, hey, I really want to hang out with this person and build a relationship with them? Or are there other, like, tangible things that... Well, part of it is that Japanese is such a communal culture. Mm-hmm. It's always about preserving that harmony in the community. Sure. Uh, and so when they come into the church, this is our new community. Um, my old community has shunned me. And I have no one but these people, you know. Um, there's a real sense of camaraderie, of fellowship, of... It's us. It's like the strength of the few. Yeah. Yeah. And that produces a deep fellowship unlike I've seen very often in America. And so uh, in in that, part of it is kind of maintaining the sense of the value of harmony, but mm-hmm. it's realizing that it, it is... Um, best lived out within the Christian context. Exactly. And that that's exactly right. It's taking this concept, which is in Japanese culture, a part of Japanese culture, I'd say as a part of common grace. God has blessed these people to be able to see this aspect of truth, even apart from the, the gospel, right? That community is beautiful. And so now we can take that into the church and see it lived out to its fullest extent in Christ. So there are certain aspects of every culture which are good. Yeah. Um, All truth is God's truth. Sure. Community is good. Right. Is God's truth. Right. And the Japanese people have known that truth and practice that truth in their society. Do you tell them that? Oh, yeah. 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 Like, like almost like, kind of mm-hmm. like a, hey, I see, as a Christian, I see the level of community that you have, and like, this is just, it's beautiful. Like, I, I worship God when I see this. Yes, absolutely. I say that. And, and you know, respect for... <laughs> People <laughs> like this one was the flies in the American face, right? Like yeah. the individualistic, like renegade that we are. Exactly, but just respect for people in authority, respect for people who know more than you, who are experts at, in a certain field, mm. um, is huge. Hmm. Um, it can be detrimental too when the church looks at the pastor as the sensei who knows everything and is not to be questioned Mm. but does that get abused? oh yeah oh yeah there are many pastors who've made themselves rich because health, wealth, and prosperity type of gospel? no or it's just like it's just a legalism like a bow to me because I'm your leader bow to your sensei (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you didn't get that that's a Karate Kid reference (laughs) but yeah I mean there are pastors who there are there are pastors who will, uh, for instance, impose at least a ten percent uh, tithe on their congregation, and then demand to see bank statements so they can make sure 
this this person these people are giving ten percent. Do they ever, do they do that out of like like do they ever do that well intended? Maybe like, like like just because they can't think of another way to help people feel accountable for it. It's possible, but I think that's always going to tend toward legalism and teaching your people if you just follow the right rules, God's going to be happy with you. Right. There are a lot of things like that. Um, hmm. uh, How are your kids doing with all this? I mean, uh, is it weird for them? I mean, because they're, they're half... Well, I mean, Emmy's adopted, right? She's full yeah, Japanese. she's full she's Japanese. Adopted. Uh, but May and Mitsuki are half yeah. foreigner. Yep. Is it hard for them? It means being half white, it doesn't matter how well they speak the language. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter that they've grown up there. They'll never be a part of Japanese society. Yeah. They will always be separate. Yeah. Uh, which is hard for them. Do they um, feel it every day? No. Uh, they have friends yeah. who accept them and who love them. And but that's on an individual basis. Yeah. But institutionally, they're just going to be they're looked at differently. Yeah. 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 But we have tried to teach our kids there are certain sacrifices we make for the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, uh, Mitski, we made the decision not to have him uh, go into Japanese junior high. He'd been in Japanese school, first through sixth grade. But after junior high, the pressure really ramps up on those tests to get into the right high school. It's really all they do in junior high. They study for those tests and then they go to cram school at night and study till 10. Um, Are the tests that hard? Yes. Like, does Chia remember them? Yeah. And, I mean, there's enormous pressure on these tests. Every year, after, the day after these tests is always a huge day for suicide, children's suicide. Um, uh, do they know the score immediately? Uh... Maybe the day the day that the scores come back. Oh, okay. Every day, every year, several hundred students kill themselves. No kidding. Across the country. What are they, is there a typical way that they kill themselves? A lot of them jump off of cliffs or bridges. Wow. Um, or in front of a train. Do parents ever commit suicide because of their kids' scores? Uh, yeah. Yeah, they do. Because uh, and and because that, that's a huge shame for the family. Then, huge right? shame, and there've even been um, murder suicides where parents will kill all their children and then kill themselves because of the shame brought on the family. Hmm. And suicide is viewed as a way to get rid of that shame, like a, a reasonable way. Yes, in, in Japanese culture. Yeah, and it has been. It's been that way forever. So and when news like that comes out, are they are people sad or are of they course, like... of course they're shocked and they're sad hmm. because even though it's in that background of culture cultural thinking, the reality is still shocking sure like the 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 finality and the loss of life yeah. is still it's there and it's yeah. palpable yeah uh, I hate suicide, but it's such a part of Japanese culture. Hmm. Um, there's always that that Buddhist thought in the background well I can I'll, if this is real then I'll just start over or something else mm. do people say that? uh huh huh 
whatever I come back as next, it's going to be better than this job I'm stuck in for the next four years. And so all of these things kind of packaged together are why you've put Mitski in, is it an international school? International school. Okay. The problem is the international school in our neighborhood that we can afford (laughs) is not the best school. Uh, Um, In terms of its its rigorousness. Academically, it's substandard. Okay. Um, So we've had long talks with Mitski. Who is now... 14. Okay. Um, that uh, this may hinder his further education in the future. Huh. When we go, for instance, when we come back to the States in two years for our 10 month period, we don't know if you're going to be able to stay in eighth grade. They might bump you down to seventh grade because you just haven't learned enough. Because the international school, international school is that poor. Yeah. Oh, wow. But it's our only option right now. Um, because you don't want... you uh, Only option... Because only, the Japanese system is not... It's our most viable option right now. Okay. And homeschool is not an option. Like, it's just not culturally done. Or not... not it's not... Done. Not valid. Right. Um, and so... We've talked about him. This is one of the sacrifices we have to make for the gospel. And that's a heartbreaking thing to talk about with your son. What does he say to that? He says, okay, I'll do it for the gospel. I'll do it for the Japanese people. And he's baptized, right? Yeah. So. Yep, he yeah. is. And, and so we've tried to instill in all of our children that life might be difficult here, there might be things we have to give up that we things we would have in America that we don't have here Mm -hmm. but for the sake of the gospel for the sake of Jesus being worshipped here we're going to give those things up yeah Um, we try to teach that to our kids from a very early age yeah and it's hard to watch your kids make sacrifices hmm Anything. Anything. Right. Yeah. Um, that kind of answered my another question I had was, I mean, are, are there things... That, so, Mitski's 14. Uh-huh. Emmy is... Six. Six. May is... Four. Four. Um, are the things... Aside from that, are there other things that you want them to know that at this age you can only say so much? Um, but it's almost as if you were to write them a letter today that they would read when they're 25, 35, 45 that they would better understand after years of experience I just want them to know the surpassing beauty of the gospel the honor and glory of Christ Is, is what drives our lives in Japan. We are there for the sake of Christ. And everything you wish you had, all those American toys you see on YouTube, 
highest quality of education. All these things you've given up, all these things you've cried for, all these things you wish you wished you had. Literally cried for. Yes. Um, giving those things up will have been worth it in the end. If the church is established here, if Christ is preached here, and if people are turning to him. Uh, I know it's hard, but just trust in God. And know that life won't always be hard. The day is coming when Christ will return. Until then, we can, like Paul says, we can account our lives as little value. I want them to think more of Christ than they do of themselves. And to realize that is our driving motivation. That's why we do everything. Do um, do they do they experience that difficulty? Like uh, do they experience it as a difficulty? Or do they experience it more as like oh, I just want what I want? Yeah, I mean, right now it's them just watching a YouTube video and saying, why don't we have LOL surprise dolls in Japan? You know, they're six, so the things they're they're missing aren't so huge. Right. Um, But they know that they, in America, they would have those things. Yeah. Not because they're particularly hard to obtain, but just because they're an ocean away. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, our son, our son misses his grandpa. Yeah. And so do our, our girls. Yeah. Um, he misses his friends in America. He lived here till he was six. Yeah. He has good friends. Yeah. And he never gets to see. Hmm. But all that will be worth it one day. When the harvest is reaped in Japan. Thank you, Tim. My pleasure. It's a good two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, and we'll be in touch. Maybe we'll do some follow-up discussions. Yeah. At some point. Absolutely. Beauty of technology. Yeah, right? You don't have to be in the same room. No kidding. <laughs>